InnoFactor, Cybersecurity Studio, Markus Söderblom and Janne Nevalainen. Welcome everybody. My name is Markus Söderblom. This is my co-host and friend. Janne Nevalainen. We are from InnoFactor, Finland, and this is a cybersecurity studio. And we are doing every month a so-called cybersecurity studio where we present topical and relevant news all over the globe regarding, well, current cybersecurity topics. Yeah. All right. Let's all go right. to the business. Yeah, let's start. <laughs> so, week 39. And what do we have today? Plenty of interesting news, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Record videos, attacks, ME5 fatigue, domain shadowing, and all the other Yeah, and Russia's, Russia's planning again something nasty. Yeah, 5500-day vulnerability and feature of ransomware. Yeah, we'll see how, how that goes. Yeah. But okay, so let's begin. Yeah. Let's start with a yet again record-breaking DDoS attack. DDoS stands for Distributed Denial of Service Attack. Meaning that some websites get a load of, load of uh, traffic. And uh, this uh, has actually been happening multiple times this, this year. Uh, now a, a cybersecurity company, Imperva, has disclosed a record-breaking DDoS attack from June. And uh, what was particular in this attack was that um, usually these attacks last for seconds or minutes, but uh, this attack uh, lasted for four hours. So really wow. long DDoS attack and resulting in over 25 billion requests. And uh, but the responsible for this attack was spread across 180 countries and included over 170,000 IP addresses. So really large attack, really long lasting. Right. So uh, I wonder what's the reason behind this phenomenon. Maybe there are lots of compromised devices. Uh, for yeah. example, IoT devices that yeah. have been compromised. I don't know, what's the deal with the Mirai botnet attack, for example? Has it been increased or so on? Maybe it could be possibly one of the reasons behind these uh, constantly record-breaking DDoS attacks. Who knows? All right, so let's move on. Moving on. MFA fatigue. So what is this all about? Well, everybody knows the MFA, the multi-factor authentication, a very good uh, functionality and feature that we all should be using, especially in our enterprise environments. Well, the business have increasingly adopted the MFA concept, which is excellent. Uh, the basic idea, everybody knows, to harden the logging process regarding the networks or, or systems. Uh, however, there are, did you know this, Janne, there are various methods basically to bypass the MFA. Well, what a surprise. What a surprise, That, that yeah. attackers can find those. Yeah, it's always like a cat and mouse game. Yeah. So, so uh, for example, stealing cookies from through malware, uh, manning the mill, phishing attack frameworks and, and, and so on. Uh, but there's also a uh, more easier, lighter way for, for attacker to, uh, to basically utilize uh, and, and to bypass the MFA. It's a social engineering technique called MFA fatigue, aka MFA push spam. And it's growing popular every now and then, increasingly. And it does not require any malware or phishing infrastructure to be established. Uh, the goal is to continuously push MFA requests to the account's own mobile device 
to basically to, to break down the target cybersecurity posture and inflict a kind of a fatigue regarding these MFA prompts. So you know you know you know the deal when you're getting yep. the uh, the MFA prompt on yep. your well what if it's coming up constantly and constantly yep. all the time. So the target gets overwhelmed that they don't accidentally accidentally or even purposely uh, accept the MFA request to stop the notification. So, so that's, that's what the, the technique is, is all about. And there's been actually a few cases already when that, yeah. this has been utilized. And Janne, you know the Uber case, uh, yeah. which was recent. That's exactly one typical scenario, how, how this MFA push scam or, or MFA fatigue technique was, was used. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, this was actually that the attacker contacted the victim that, hey, sure. we, have, we have a problem in, in our system and hey, just push okay for that MFA. Exactly. They were yeah. probably imposing as a IT uh, yeah. service desk or something like that. Yeah. Most likely. If I recall correctly, that was yeah. exactly how it, how it went. Yeah. However, there are of course uh, ways to mitigate this. Yeah. And would you like to tell a little bit more uh, about this, Janne? Yeah. For example, if we think about the Microsoft Authenticator, for example, Azure AD uh, provides different mitigation tactics. And uh, of course, InnoFactor can help in these in these cases. Definitely, we'll be able to assist you and and uh, provide you help on, on on these cases. If if you're wondering that are your MFA practices in a in a good level and and if you need to like them to be examined, for example. All right, but, but let's yeah. move on then. So what's next? Yeah, domain shadowing has become more popular among cyber criminals uh, these days, and um, uh, it's a, a special type of DNS hijacking. So you know that DNS hijacking means that um, attackers get hold of the victim's DNS system. Yeah, and so if the um, attackers get hold of the uh, DNS, they can forward requests to some uh, mal malicious websites, for example. But uh, domain shadowing is um, kind of a stealthier type of DNS hijacking. So instead of uh, doing anything visible, the attacker uh, uh, creates, uh, for example, malicious subsites. Uh, malicious entries for, for example, C2 addresses, command and control, uh, malware sites, phishing pages, for example. And what's the trick in here is that um, it's all in the legit DNS. Right. So the company DNS is okay, everything's working perfectly, but there are different malicious websites in the DNS which seem to be legit right. because the traffic comes from the company's DNS. So it's really hard to detect because the traffic originates from the legitimate DNS addresses and attackers can, for example, create a phishing sites that, for example, asks for users' Office 365 credentials. Sounds sneaky. Yeah, really sneaky, really sneaky. All right. And, well, the mitigation to this is that check your DNS. All right, then let's move on. Well, Russia is yet again planning massive cyber attacks, this time on a, on a pretty uh, large scale. Uh, this information was found through the Ukrainian military intelligence, uh, which warns that the Russia is planning to escalate significant cyber attacks uh, targeting Ukraine and, and Western allies in, in the near future. The, uh, the targets are predicted to be this time critical infrastructure, uh, of Ukraine and Western countries, including electric grids and facilities of the energy industry. So, so this pretty much reminds me of the, uh, the incident back in, I think it was 2016 in Ukraine, which became quite uh, a well-known example of, uh, of uh, government type of uh, attack against the electric grid. Uh, 
And according to the report, the, uh, the Kremlin also plans to conduct more powerful DDoSs, uh, denial of, of, of distributed uh, services, attacks on, on the critical infrastructure on, on Ukraine's allies, such as Poland and the Baltic countries. So unfortunately, this is something that might be expected uh, according to Ukrainian military intelligence. Yeah, and you can say that uh, this, is, <laughs> this is nothing new. So, mm, so mm. this has been going on for a long time. But of course, if there is a separate plan for a massive cyber attack, so this is of course something that needs to be taken into account. Definitely, definitely. And uh, to my understanding, and according to the source, uh, the, the scale of the attack it might be the, uh, one of the key words here. So, All right, hopefully all the cyber defenses are up and, and working as they should. Yeah, and uh, well, uh, we usually talk a lot about uh, zero-day vulnerabilities and uh, new threats, uh, but uh, actually this is a little bit older. So we are talking about 15 years old Python vulnerability. Uh, this was actually quite interesting so that um, threat researchers found a vulnerability from a uh, Python module and they thought that they found a zero-day zero vulnerability but uh, actually it was a 15-year-old. Uh, the vulnerability uh, can be exploited by victim untaring a specifically named file. Mm. And if you enter the file in the victim system, uh, this vulnerability allows the attacker to overwrite uh, arbitrary files in the target system. Okay. For example, password files. Right. So it's kind of a nasty, nasty exploit. Sounds very use. nasty. Yeah. And this was actually found in 2007. And uh, it was uh, actually disclosed then as a feature, but uh, uh, time has passed, 15 years. Now we have over 350,000 open source projects that are vulnerable to this quite dormant feature. So if I'm correct there, it hasn't, hasn't been any exploits. But right. of course, we are talking a quite nasty problem. Vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. And the good news is that uh, the same research team uh, has been working on a fix. So there is something that uh, can be fixed in the code, but uh, of course, this is a good, exa good example that uh, uh, of course there are lots of uh, zero-day vulnerabilities, but uh, the old ones can also come and bite, at, bite us at the ankles. True, true. And what wonders me is that, that so it was originally found and most likely announced to you know, relevant, relevant yeah. stakeholders back in 2007, and no action seems to be none taken. Yeah. And so it was like a found yet again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, it so was refound. That's a, yeah. yeah, refound. That's, that's a bit worrying. Yeah. So the, the process itself uh, lacks something. It's missing something, obviously, because of uh, the fact that yeah. it gets lost and, and forgotten, such type of announcement. Yeah. But yeah, uh, let's get to the next news. And uh, maybe I think that we are now in a little bit newer stuff. Well, we Which are. was stupid to say, but... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Janne, we certainly are. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the future of ransomware, so corrupting files. So what is this all about? The, uh, well, everybody, well, not everybody, but many people know, especially in our industry, that uh, ransomware is one of the most significant attack vectors uh, currently. 
So um, we all know the basic concept of it. It's been for, for uh, you know, uh, uh, active for years. Uh, there's various different type of variations of, uh, of, of various groups utilizing it and so forth. Yeah. It's known and there's lots of defenses for that. Exactly, exactly. But now there's a new trend going on. So, so the new thing is that, um, that there seems to be a trend, possibly. There are at least few cases in the wild found that basically uh, uh, seems to uh, present a, a concept where the attacker is not interested anymore in, in actually encrypting the files, but instead corrupting the files. And that's like a, a new way of doing it. And there's like a, the question remains, for example, that why to do it in such way? Well, that's one, one, one good question. Uh, the answer could be, for example, that when you do it in such way that when you are not encrypting something, in that case, you don't have a pattern that, for example, any endpoint uh, protection uh, uh, utility or, or application can track and, and sense. Yeah. When you're not doing it that way, it seems to be like a business as usual when, when, when something is going to be deleted or, or uh, eradicated and so on. So, so that's one way. So avoiding the detection by any EDRs, for example. The other one is that when you are encrypting something, it is quite a resource-intensive process to do. So there might be cases that it might go wrong in, 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 yeah. in, in, in some cases. So um, um, this might be more like a straightforward and, and maybe easier to implement type of a process. But then again, there's one question that really remind, remains. And uh, the article from the uh, uh, CISO online uh, did not answer. And that is the actual uh, question that, that how do the adversaries, how do they monetize this? So we can speculate. We can this. speculate for a while. That's true. Yeah. So it might be maybe the case that possibly the attacker, for instance, locks the screen, displays a text on the screen saying that, for instance, okay, now 10,000 of your files has been deleted. You got three days to, to uh, act or otherwise we're going to be uh, eradicating 100,000 files more unless you pay a few bitcoins to this uh, uh, wallet address and so on. That, yeah. Just speculating here, but this particular article didn't take a stand on how would the monetize go. But anyway, yeah. it's interesting and it remains to be seen if this will become a new trend or not. But hey, that was it. That was it, yeah. yeah. Straight from Helsinki. Straight from Helsinki yeah. to you guys and, and uh, looking forward for the next session. Yeah. And hey, by the way, uh, check out our InnoFactor events page for our up upcoming webinars and events. And did you know that you can also see our past webinars from there? Oh, that's good. Yeah. All right. But All hey, right. Well, hey, looking uh, forward for the next session then. Yeah. See you next month. Thanks. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. InnoFactor. Cybersecurity Studio, Markus Söderblom and Janne Nevalainen.